Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning. I'm really glad that you're here this morning. I really am. I believe that God has something for us that is going to make it very worth your while for you to be here. Not only do you get to be around some great people, we get to sing some songs to the Lord and experience his presence. But when God reveals a truth to us that, is, that forever changes us, you'll realize why today is a day that you need to be here. It doesn't matter how long you've been a Christian. It doesn't matter if you're just checking out church for the very first time. It doesn't matter what your church background is. Maybe you grew up in a Catholic church. Maybe, like me, that you realize that I grew up in a Presbyterian church. And, uh, or maybe there's no church background at all. And today is a day that you're going to understand why I have a dummy up here. And I'm going to let you know that this represents me. This, these are my clothes. And, uh, and we're going to learn about why a dummy, I wasn't a dummy, and I'm not a dummy, but why this mannequin is here today. Today we're on part three of our Roots series, and uh, I hope that God has been doing something profound in your life, that he's revealed some things in your hearts, that he's these roots that aren't rooted in the right places. And uh, this morning we're going to be talking about rooted in our identity. It is so important that we understand who we are. And uh, this world tries to make us think that we are something other than what we are, and we're going to explore that today. But if you take a moment, you just bow your heads with me, and we're going to pray. Father, this morning, it is not an accident that the people that are here are here, that you're going to do something profound in each one of our lives. God, that we would be open to the work of your Spirit. God, that we would hear your voice speaking to us, that we would experience your presence. I thank you for the, the truth of your word that's going to be shared this morning. Let it transform us. In Jesus' name, amen. So speaking about baptisms, I was, uh, I was baptized when I was 24 years old. As I said, I grew up in a Presbyterian church, and that tradition was you sprinkle the kids or sprinkle people, and, and I don't really recall too many baptisms, maybe some baby baptism or christenings, and, um, but when I got to 24 years old, it was a time that I had just a year earlier had a real encounter with God. I, had, I came to that place of really asking, God, if you're real, you better show yourself to me. You've heard some of my stories of my encounter with the Holy Spirit, but I was attending this small little country church. And they is one of these churches that had one of these baptisms built into the stage. And I remember there was a time when they were talking about it's, it's a time for those to be baptized, that there was something for the first time in my life, my heart started pounding and saying, this is my moment. This is my moment. And the interesting thing, I didn't really know what baptism in submersion was all about and, until I... I the pastor kind of explained it to me that, that as you're going down under the water, and they don't hold you under the water, by the way, as they go down under the water and you come up, it's really symbolic of what Christ has done for us. Christ died. He took care of our sin. 
And he, when he, Christ was resurrected, he came back to life, but he's asking us to do the same thing. He's asking us to symbolically show that when we come to Christ, our old person has died, and we come back up a new person. Now, the baptism is not the thing that makes you a new person. It is, it is our identity in Christ that does that. But it symbolizes what has taken place. And I think too often, this is why it's important for us to know this, that too often we still perceive ourselves as an old person. We don't realize that when we come to Christ, our very nature actually changes. Our very nature changes. And I wonder if we still are walking around identifying with our old selves, thinking that's who we are. In the reality, that's who we were. It's not who we are. Identity. Do you realize that um, there's a big problem with identity theft in our country? 15 million people a year in the United States have their identity stolen, which accounts for $50 billion worth of stolen money. Now, anybody have their identity stolen from you in this room? A few, yeah. They, if you were saying 15 million, that's, one, that's 7% of basically the population. So if there's 100 people, there's seven of you will have uh, your identities stolen. Here's, here's some of the scams. And I, this, these are some freebies for you. I just looked these up. Um, so Powerball, um, I don't recommend playing the lottery, but I know some of you who bought some tickets. And, um, <laughs> oh man, this is on film too. If you're watching online, I just want to let you know, I don't recommend playing the lottery. It is not good for you. Um, so the scam for Powerball is you'll get a phone call saying, you're one of the winners. But for us to transfer the money into your account, you need to give us your information and there's a small fee for us to transfer, a wire transfer fee. Would you please give us your credit card information and we'll get that right into your account for you. Scam. Don't do it. Chances are, did anybody win in this room? I don't think so. This is why you don't play the lottery. Here's another one, IRS. So here's the other interesting thing is you can program your phone so when it calls, the caller ID comes up with a fake ID. So IRS, people have been doing this. They program it so when the phone, the caller ID shows, it says IRS on it. It's fake. And what they say is you have missed your payments and you have a penalty. Before getting extra penalties, would you pay um, your penalty now over the phone and we'll take care of this for you and you'll be compliant. Oh my word, you're freaking out. IRS is calling. What? I owe, I owe hundred bucks. Oh man, I better, okay, better put it on the credit card. Phew. They're not coming after me anymore. Scam. What I was told is the IRS will never call you and they will never ask for money. So if that happens to you, I just gave you a little freebie, saved you some money. But your identity gets stolen. And you know who else wants to steal your identity? We have an enemy that wants to steal our identity. You see, when we come to Christ, we are a new creation. And we'll talk about that. And the scripture is very clear on it. But what happens is Satan wants to remind us of who we once were. And he makes us believe that we actually have an identity that's not really not us. He makes us believe that the old person is still alive. In reality, the old person has died. 
Let's go to scriptures and look at this and see, make sure I'm telling you the truth. Wouldn't it be good for a pastor to tell you the truth? That is always my heart and desire, but you know what? It's always good to go to the word of God to test these things out. If you'll turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians is in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, I'd notice at the Info Hub, somebody's donated some Bibles. We would love to give you a Bible. Um, There's several Bibles out there. If you would like a Bible on your way out today, please, um, please take one. 2 Corinthians 5 starting in verse 14. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, and he being Jesus, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment because this is really important to understand. Who did Jesus die for? He he died for all. So just in case anybody tells you, oh, you're not the elect, you haven't been chosen, Jesus died for all. Every single person in this room, every person in the world, Jesus paid the price on the cross for all of us. And the why, why did he do that? Is so that we might live. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Can you say new creation? creation. He's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yeah, that's kind of exciting. So this is why baptism is so cool because you're, you're, you're showing everybody that the old, you've died, the old has passed and the new has come. You are actually a new creation. You've been regenerated into something new. It is not just a decision for Jesus. It is your decision should be life tra- have life transformation. Because if you're a new creation, your very nature should change. Now, why is this so important to know? Because the reality is what you believe is how you will live. If you believe that somehow you've just made, said a prayer... And yet your old stuff, your old person continues to become who you think you are. You're going to believe a certain way and then your life is going to be lived a certain way. But if you believe that you are a new creation, that you are no longer defined by the stuff of your past, that old person is dead, done. That when... The enemy comes and starts to whisper lies and see, yeah, you messed up again, see, you... You really haven't changed. You begin to realize that that's a lie and that's not who you are. It's not who you are. It's who you once were. But the old man has died. The new man has come alive. Let's jump down to verse 21. 
For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. That's Jesus. Jesus took on our sin at the cross. He, had, he was sinless. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That's our new nature. Our new nature is that we actually become the nature of Jesus Christ. Christ who lives in us, that's the nature we begin to take on. Now, do we stop? Do we all of a sudden become perfect like Jesus? No. But we're no longer defined. Our definition or identity is no longer identified with the old person. This is old Mark. If you knew old Mark back in the day, old Mark... My daughter heard this story, and so she was saying, it's too bad there wasn't a head on this because you could put an earring on because the old Mark had an earring. I know, it's crazy. Back in the day. The old Mark made a lot of poor decisions in his life. As you learned last week, the old Mark stole. The old Mark lied. The old Mark had a nature that was very selfish, You see, remember the very first series that we talked about, the very first message in this series, talking about when we live for the flesh, when we trust the flesh, or when we trust God? When we trust in the flesh, in other words, selfish, looking at me, I can do it, the Bible says we're actually cursed. That's Jeremiah 17. Now, to be clear, somebody uh, brought this up to me last week. It was very clear in the first week, second week, not so clear. But if you're just joining us for the very first time, I want to make it clear. God does not curse you. When, when it is that you're cursed, you live for yourself, live for your flesh. You do not live a blessed life because the reality is your flesh is always bent to do wrong things. You, the old Mark couldn't help but get in trouble. The old Mark couldn't help trying to satisfy the desires of his flesh. Mark, you're looking pretty good today. The old Mark needed a new nature. You see, as long as the old Mark was living for himself, apart from Christ, then the old Mark would continue to do the things that were wrong. But then in Jeremiah 17, it says, Though, but when we trust in the Lord, we then are blessed. So it's saying, who are you living for? That's why it's not just a decision that you make. Somebody would say, well, I gave my life to Christ. Okay, did you give your life to Christ or are you making Jesus the Lord of your life? Because it's very different. One's just a decision to say, wow, I I just need to say the prayer so I can make sure I go to heaven. As opposed to saying, well, I'm living for Christ, which that means then I don't trust in myself. I trust in Jesus and I take on his nature. I take on his nature. But what happens is this. Oh, oh, by the way, this is prophesied in Ezekiel 36. You want to write this down. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. And it says this, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Basically what he's saying is he's prophesying. He says, when you receive Christ to make him Lord of your life, you 
identify with him, you take on his nature, he puts a new spirit inside of you. Your very nature should change. You want to know somebody who's authentically given their life to Jesus? They will look different. Not physically, but their actions will be different. Their desires will be different. My question for us today is, how are we living and are we still living being identified by the things of our past? Because it's not only understanding, it's, it's this thing of, of choosing every single day to say, this is not who I am any longer. But what happens is the moment we mess up and we begin to self-identify, this is what we try to do. See, see Mark has died when I, when I was 20. Oh, my word. I can't believe it. I really didn't mean to do that. Mark is dead. And so, and so what happened is, why are you clapping? Because Mark's dead. So, so Mark has died when he, was, when he was 23. But what happens is, if, if I don't realize that the old Mark is gone, what happens is I begin to identify with the sin of, that keeps creeping into my life. And I say, well, wait a second, maybe I didn't really take on the new nature. And what happens is when you identify with the old self, the old sinful nature, and you give room to flesh, then you start walking around with a dead man. I'm going to do this for a second. Oh, my word, this is like crazy. Somebody once told me, like, Pastor Mark, can you just give us some more illustrations, like some visuals? How's this for a visual? So, so what happens is I start picking up the dead man and I start identifying with him again. The moment I start giving in to saying, well, you're right, maybe I'm not completely set free. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe I am not good enough. Maybe, maybe Christ, maybe he's passed me over a little bit. Or, or maybe I just, I don't have victory in my life. And every single time we start talking about the lie of the old man, we're picking up a dead body. See, Mark has already died. I'm a new creation. But when I begin to identify with the old man, I start living for my flesh again. I'm picking up a dead man and I'm trying to revive him. I'm trying to resuscitate him. I'm trying to get, pretend there's a head here. Mouth to mouth, come back to life. He's dead. Let him stay dead. Mark has died. And we need to let him stay dead. I no longer live for my flesh. I live for Christ. And Christ alone. Can we just turn to Romans chapter 6 for a moment? I, I want to be clear on this illustration. I, I don't think maybe I was super clear. When you live for your flesh, you're really like you're trying to pick up the old man again. And Jesus has already says, no, that is not who you are. You are a new creation. That's why the Bible says to be born again. You, are actually, you don't crawl back into the mama's womb and then get birth back out again. No, it's a spiritual birth. You actually take on a new nature. 
So what I'm going to talk about in Romans, it's like, well, then do we not sin anymore? Romans 6, verse 6. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. There it is. The old man was crucified. He's, he's dead, brought to nothing. So that we, we would no longer be enslaved to sin. You see, the difference of the old man versus the new man, the old man who was chasing after flesh became enslaved to the things of flesh. It had power over you. It controlled you. Now, with a new nature, it doesn't mean that we live a sinless life. It means, though, we begin to, our new nature despises sin. Our new nature just does not like it when we, when we mess up. We're quick to confess. And our new nature is no longer controlled by our flesh. Verse 7. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we've died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives in God. So you also might consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That word consider is a really important word for us to understand. It's not a hey, we're alive to Christ when we die and go to heaven. He's talking about our new nature here and now. We're alive in Christ here and now. That our old nature has died. I'm really getting bothered by this one arm hanging here. He's creeping me out a little bit. Mark, put your arm back over there. Consider yourself dead. Can you guys say consider Let's say, consider yourself dead. dead. You're dead. You're dead to your old ways. Now, some of you are here today and you might say, you know what? I've never considered myself dead. And that's okay. I'm glad you're here. I I think you could be walking, knowing Jesus for a long time, have never realized that you should be dead. Dead to your old self that you wonder why it is that you still get hung up and you still get controlled by sin is because you haven't allowed yourself to die to your flesh. And he's wanting us to say that, that consider yourself dead and stop believing the lie, the wrong identity, the lie that Satan wants to tell you that, see, you know what? God really hasn't done much in your life. You, you see, you're never gonna get free from that. That's a lie. If you've killed the flesh, the flesh is dead. You're a new person. You can't, you can try to resurrect him, but you're going to be carrying around a dead, stinking body. And he wants to say, no, I want you to live fully free, fully who you are in your new nature. You see, with this new nature, you are no longer living for ourselves. 
You're no longer living for yourself. You're living for others, but most importantly, you're living for God. You're living for Jesus. See, it's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives within me. Our, our old nature has died and our new nature is alive. Yeah, we, we mess up every now and then, but we quickly go to our knees like, God, continue to do a great work inside of me. And all of a sudden you realize that it's really that word of sanctification. It, it becomes that our nature becomes more and more like Jesus's. And that's a process and that, that takes time. But every single time we believe the lie and we try to resurrect the old man, hangs us up. It, it, it stops our growth. It stops the sanctification. It stops that growth process of becoming like Jesus because we've had the wrong identity. We need to be rooted in the, the identity of who Jesus says we are. This is who you are. This is who I am. I am blameless and free from accusation. Christ himself is in me. I am firmly rooted in Christ and I am now being built up in him. Talking about roots, you're firmly rooted. You're no longer that shrub in that desert wasteland. You're a tree planted by the river, producing great fruit. I have made, I've been made complete in Christ. I've been spiritually circumcised. My old, unregenerated nature has been removed, Colossians 2.11. I have been buried, raised, and made alive with Christ, Colossians 2.12. I died with Christ, and I have been raised up with Christ. My life is now hidden with Christ in God. Christ is now my life, Colossians 1, 1 through 4. I'm an expression of the life of Christ because he is my life. I am chosen of God, holy and dearly loved. Colossians 3, 12. I am the son of light. I'd include daughter and not of darkness. 1 Thessalonians 5, 5. I have been given the spirit of power, love and self-discipline. That's who you are. I've been saved and set apart according to God's doing. You have been set apart to accomplish great things for him. That's who you are. Because I am sanctified or set apart, I am one with the sanctifier, Jesus. He is not ashamed to call me brother or sister, Hebrews 2.11. I'm a holy partaker of a heavenly calling. That's who you are. Hebrews 3.1. I have the right to come boldly before the throne of God to find mercy and grace in time of need. That's who you are. You can come boldly because Christ represents you. He's inside of you. That's who you are. I have been born again, 1 Peter 1, 2, 3. I am one of God's living stones being built up in Christ as a spiritual house, 1 Peter Two, five. That's who you are. That's who I am. I am a member of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of God's own possession. That's who you are. You're a child of the most high king. You're precious. You're of royal blood now. I am forgiven on the account of Jesus' name, 1 John 
2.12, no longer defined by your sin. I'm anointed by God, 1 John 2.27. I'm a child of God and I will resemble Christ when he returns, 1 John 3. One and two, I am loved, 1 John 4.10. I am like Christ, 1 John 4.10. I have life, 1 John 5.12. That's who you are. You have life and you have Christ inside of you. I am born of God and the evil one, the devil cannot touch me. That's who you are. That's who you are. I have been redeemed, Revelation 5.9. That's who you are. I have been healed, Isaiah 53.5. That's who I am. That's who you are. I am the light of the world. Matthew 5, uh, 14. I am commissioned to make disciples. Matthew 28, 19, 20. I am a child of God. John 1, 12. That's who you are. That's who I am. We're no longer defined by the dead man that should be dead. That's your old person. But we are a new creation. We should walk with such boldness and power because we are no longer defined by the things of our past. That's who I was. That's not who I am. Some of you need to hear that this morning. I think some of you still believe that, that maybe that old person still has life. And, and I want to address that this morning. I'm, I'm aware that there's some here today that probably don't even know that this was available to you, that you can be a new person, that the old is gone, that you can have this, this new life. W would you just close your eyes for a moment and bow your heads? If you want this new life that Jesus promises us, no longer defined by the things of our past, would you just slip up your hand right now? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hands down. Thank you. Jesus, today, every single one of us need to be reminded that we are a new creation if we've come to you, Jesus. For those who raise their hand, it might be saying, I'm coming to Jesus for the first time. And what it means is this. Jesus, we understand that you went to the cross for us and you took all of our sin, all of our junk, all the garbage of our past life and all the stuff that we're gonna do in the future, you've taken care of it all. And now I'm choosing to say, Jesus, you can come and, and live within me. Your spirit can live within me and I'm gonna choose to follow you, not follow my flesh anymore. I want to live a blessed life before you, God, that I, I want to trust in you and only you. I don't, my, my flesh can't be trusted. God, I'm going to begin to renew my mind and begin to say, this is who I am in Christ Jesus, no longer listening to the lies of the enemy who wants to rob me of my identity. We are sons and daughters of the Most High King that we are a royal priesthood, which means this, that we, that we are actually birthed into a family of royalty, that we have a, a God, a Father, who is also Jesus, our King. He wants to lavish good things upon us. And we have an enemy and that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And enemy, we say you have no power. 
you have no authority in our lives. And every single time, God, that we hear those whispers in our ears of this is like, no, no, this is who you are. That's not of God. We choose to say, that's not truth. That's not who I am. That might've been who I was, but my who I was is now dead. And who I am is now alive. So God, let us walk with great courage and, and walking in victory no longer enslaved by the things that our flesh has enslaved us to. Father, as we sing this song, let us just take a moment of of reflection of those words of who we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing this together. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 